to Andy's Modi. Hi, everybody, and happy Purim. But you're not hearing this, you're going to be here a week after Purim. Um, it, how much fun we're taping on Purim. I love it. It's one of my favorite holidays. Isn't it? And Elon's mom gave us Hamantash. Elon, Elon Altman is, in the, is, in, is sitting in with us today, and he came in with a hum. He called me this morning and said, my mom made Hamantash for you, and he lives down the block from, from, uh, from us on, uh, on Grand Street. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted them, but I didn't want to be home. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, we're taping the podcast, so schlep them up to uh, 38th Street and... Um, 36, 7, 8, it doesn't, matter. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Uh, I forgot. You're always very, you don't want people to know where you are or where your yeah. kids go to school. Uh-huh. Periel thinks Mossad is out. Yes. Or, or Putin. Or Putin. Putin for sure. No one's <laughs> looking for you. Or um, that stalker lady of yours. Oh, no. No. It, and for, first of all, so it's your first time on the podcast, but, you know, we're very getting used to the fact that Periel's not wearing masks anymore. <laughs> And it's a new um, development. She's a risk taker. She, I'm no. against. I'm against that. Of all the yeah, days, yeah. though, this is Purim. You should be wearing a mask today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's true. <laughs> Quick. Um, but the other day, we went to go see the space to possibly tape a um, a uh, a special. It was a synagogue, beautiful or gorgeous. It was one of the most beautiful things I've seen in New York City. And they're still doing the mask thing. And Periel went from like. Only mask. She's like, I'm not wearing a mask, and she like tore off. You told me to take my mask off. I'm an anti-masker now. You told me (laughs) just let the people know. You told me to take it off. Enough already. All right. I didn't take a mask off for two years, and I got COVID twice. The 180 has been just uh, entertaining to watch. Okay, so we're having one of these hamantash and bruchat adonam echon boim and Mm. So this one is Nutella and chocolate. Wow. wow. Did you say mm. Boré Prisonot? No. <laughs> 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 no. You did a Purim show last night. Last night was amazing. Last, no, I'm going to just swallow this and look a pig. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know she was going to get a review on the air. Tell your mom it's she tastes great. going to be a glowing great. review. I just said, tell your mom she tastes great. <laughs> tell your mom <laughs> that her hamantash tastes She's great. She's a married woman. How She's dare ma- you? I'm awful. Yeah. Ilan, Ilan, Ilan Altman is living, he's doing construction on his apartment in a, in a co-op in probably one of the hardest places to do construction in, but his mother's the president of the board. My dad is. Your dad is, same thing. Oh. Um, it's probably definitely, a, it's a blessing for you to, to have that. Any which way. Last night we did a show. Yeah. Young Israel of Scarsdale. Oh, that's right by me in Westchester. It was it was like um, wow. I haven't had a. Sh- I'm, I've, been, I've been having amazing shows lately, but this one was like another level of. It was a hot. You know when you do comedy, it's on a high. You're looking. You're in it, and you can't believe it's happening yes. while you're in it. Yeah. It was that. Um, young Israel's are like the improvs. For Jewish comedy, that's hilarious. Now there's like there's like the Young Israel of Scars Day. Like there's the, there's the Improv of Miami, which I'll be at on the thirty first <laughs> of this month, the twenty fourth of this yeah, month. Seamless plug. Um, <laughs> there's the Young Israel of there's the young, the young Israel of of Long Beach, Young Israel of Five Towns, like Young Israel of, of everywhere in the world. And it's, it's like the Improv because when they do a comedy night, they do a comedy night. We walked in there last night. There were eight hundred people in the building. Kids screaming and yelling and just out of control. So unsettling. It was just, you know, it's Purim. The kids right, are, right. In full. And they still have this double vibe in the room. There's like all the young people were in the main sanctuary, not wearing masks. But the ones that are still holding on to it, they built this like 
tent structure in the parking lot, and everybody was in there. But everybody in there who's worried, who's COVID conscious, is sitting on top of each other <laughs> in this closed tent. It's so ridiculous. Um, and then uh, the green room for me in these events is usually the, the the rabbi's office. Amazing. That's always the green room, and I'm in there for an hour before the show. I come out. I had seen what had happened with the um, with the synagogue uh, with with the, the 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 reading of the Megillah, the Minyan, uh, the service that was outside, and inside, and I, and everybody in there was like was super. It was like the older people of the synagogue that are still holding on to the mask thing. They're right, just, right, they, right. Even though they know it's ridiculous already, um, and they get on stage and like, first of all, you no, you, they moved to a different room, and we were all like, it was. It was you, but you got them. No, so. you you were in this room. Now the the room had maybe four hundred seats and five hundred people. Oh my god! So there's people standing and they're still talking and there's like and the doors and they, are open and now you're about to do comedy. Do you understand how hard that yeah, is? Yeah, it's insane. And luckily, luckily, Hashem, God blessed. The sound system was good. The rabbi went That was on. all God, Thank by you, the way. That's all. It's <laughs> all God. The sound system comes from God. Whether it works or doesn't, it's that's just God. Um, and I was able to... The rabbi, who was... People were still talking while he was like... Yeah. But he gave me this really good introduction. And what did he say? Talking about like... I don't want to pump myself up. No, you know, I'm asking. It's it's their first event since the pandemic. So he goes, We've this guy was... Making us all laugh during the pandemic. He the videos, Yoily, Near, and all the stuff, and he did that. And people kind of just like kind of a little got you know quieter. They were still doing like cocktail chatter, like yeah, in the yeah. background. It was just that. And then I get up and I just start. As I get up, this other woman gets up too. So I just start clapping for her. Oh, hold on. and then. <laughs> I talked about, right away I addressed, this is a Purim show, and it's always when something, you can't start a show like that, um, just with material. I just said, you know, this is not just a Purim show and it's a comedy show, tonight we're here to raise m- money. And they're like, what? I go, for the rabbi's office. <laughs> what a dump. And I started to like rip into the rabbi's office, and you know the pictures, and this table's too big, and the, the car, and the wallpapers peeling, and and just, and then they were just, they got that, and then I made fun of the of the minyan that was outside. I go, I look over here, this young, and then I walked in the back, and it was like being in Boca, you know, <laughs> where the average age was deceased, and they just like it was just, but I can't explain the. You know, you you know too. Uh, I mean, you and I'm talking when you're in, and I, I'm in this zone. They were so with me, and I knew what material to do, and I knew how much to. And it's usually, it's and I was doing material way. I didn't have to translate to the people who aren't Jewish, right? So I'm in my I'm in my material and doing it, and people were just like. And I'm spinning on my finger, kind of, you know? Can I ask a question? I know we're here to talk to Elon, but I have a question. When you... No, Elon is here because he the had his mother made hamantashen <laughs> today. Yeah, and by the way, I need a good DoorDash review. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully a nice tip. You know, this was five a long stars, way to go. Five stars. We'll Thank put you, you in an me. Uber on the <laughs> way back. Do you... What did you do, like an hour? Over an hour. I did over an hour. Do you go into shows like that with all, like, the hours down, or you, um... You can't. You cannot. You don't know what... It's what I'm saying. You're doing... I'm doing comedy in a place where it's not meant to be done. At a time, it wasn't meant to be done. 
you can't. It's not like they came for comedy. It was Purim, and then they comedy was happening. They knew it was going to happen, but they didn't like really get their head around it. You've got to feel it. That's really you've got to feel and it. Really, just when the how the room is set up and the seating configuration. It, there's like so many variables. So what you're going in and you have no idea what material you're going to do. Yet. Oh no, I know what material I'm going to do. I you don't you, know the order in which you're going. to I don't do know it. the order at that point. I know like somewhat order I'm going to do, but it's the opening that's important. Right. They, you need to walk up there and have complete confidence. Then they have confidence. Then you can do whatever you want. Um, it's, but I could just see, you know, I could see Leo's face, and he's like, "I got to put in a contract that that has to be a focus." <laughs> I could just see all the. There is, it is in the contract. It it is, they gave you a little riser stage. It was, but I made fun of the setup. It was, but it was an, an amazing show, you know. And then w- while I'm in it, I'm like. Re- I'm remembering to enjoy it. And I was really, and the material, and I was like doing half of bits because I wanted to do other bits and leave time for more of them. And then... um, No, it went from being very loud in the beginning when the rabbi was trying to like, you know, gather the people. And then I remember noticing there was a point like in the middle of your set, you kind of just paused and you could hear a pin drop. It was like complete silence. Like everyone was just like waiting for your next... Uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It was uh, one of those nights that's just like, wow, everything feels so, so right. It's just, you know, yeah. I can't, I can't, yeah. And those perm shows are tough because, like, there's always so many kids. And, yeah, they have someone watching the kids in another room. But I always find that there's always kids that, like, sneak into the main room and are start running yes, around. Yes, And you have a Spider-Man going around in front of you. So then you got to <laughs> do jokes about, like, this little kid dressed like a superhero. Yeah. It's yeah. Like there's so many more variables in mm-hmm. the perm show. No, the, 100%. Listen, um, they actually, this was only for 18 and over but so, some kids, they no, were, they were good kid. kids. They were good kids, and they were they came in. There's nothing harder than doing a show when there's kids in the audience. Yeah, don't bring your kids. Yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. Or control your kids if you <laughs> do bring them. <laughs> it doesn't or, work. It was um, giving pa- like Passover program vibes, where the kids and like burst into the ballroom and they like start running around in circles. Yes, like bring them out. It was just um, it was magical. It was very it was magical for the right things to happen at the right time. And and it was even better than it wasn't in a theater because like we're making this happen in this raw. It was so raw. I've done events in that synagogue where they set it up comedy night gala dinner Mm -hmm. where there was lights and they built the stage and there was uh, and this was better. It was literally in the middle of the main like ballroom type of a thing a mic the and again the speakers was the most important and the material was just and it's just so funny to not have to translate you usually i have one somebody in the audience that's not jewish and i'm always just a, a part of the fun is having translating to them what i'm doing but it was it was just it was amazing it was really really amazing what kind of a synagogue is that is it reform or conservative it's uh orthodox synagogue but like light Conservadox, modern orthodox, modern orthodox. Yeah, yeah. How would you describe yourself? Uh, I I go to an orthodox shul, but I'm like a non-practicing for the most part Jew. I keep kosher style. I go on the high holidays. Kosher style. What is kosher style? It means I won't eat like a cheeseburger. I won't eat bacon ever. (laughs) No, I won't eat bacon mixed with anything, of course, but not even just bacon alone. The the choosing people. The choosing people. We are not the chosen people. We are the choosing people. <laughs> Did you make That's that a good up? Line. I no, made Modi that made up. It up. But Leo loves so it. So good. But it's no, amazing. You love a loophole, also. You love a loophole. But you know, le- if you can't le- do this on yeah. this holiday, but you know, loophole <laughs> sounds like loophole sounds like one of the tools that the Moyle uses. <laughs> 
<laughs> speaking of loopholes, I have a whole th- commercial I'm doing is yearly next week. Really? For a, for a coffee company that this is so specific. You, you can't it's so specific. You can't brew fresh coffee on Shabbat because it's cooking. You can ask someone. You can, you can say. Oh you can God, say, I, I can't say, with this. I can't. I, but anyway, she so was ready sh- to become Orthodox. No, but he told her that. The Shabbos go- is this the Shabbos goy? No. So so there's this t- there's this coffee company that's make that's hired yearly to do. They they have a, a making like like a like a tea bag <laughs> that makes brewed brewed coffee. I don't know. Well, it was just fun last night. I'm just saying, and also Leo's in the back of the room. So you know, I know he knows what's going on in my head. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm watching the audience. I'm watching him watch me. Him trying to get a video. <laughs> um, him it, before the show. It's 800 people in Scarsdale uh-huh. that I that have not seen me live since the pandemic, and they've been seeing Nier and Yoily. So people like there was one woman who was like, "Oh, she just followed you around the whole time. She couldn't get over it. Oh my god! Like you're out of my phone in in real life. Like." <laughs> <laughs> she like sees me in the fan. synagogue when we were listening so to cute. the Megillah reading. With the, she comes over, you're Modi. <laughs> As if she had to tell me <laughs> I wasn't sure I was Modi. She was very deadpan. Like I watch everything you <laughs> do. I have, I have videos of you <laughs> on my phone <laughs> from the cameos, from the cameo. But so sweet. What you're gonna do a show? I, is it's really happening? What and what can I do for you? And then she actually was so sweet. Ariel, right? forget ariel she was so sweet she's head of the sisterhood or whatever and she's like she was the whole thing going on 800 people in the synagogue coming in and out and she go and, and then when i'm in the green room slash rabbi's study um I, she goes wait, wait i guess coffee that's all i want and i knew and but they weren't serving coffee and she came back a half hour later with this cup of coffee that i knew she had to go through Whatever she had, it was like to the teacher's lounge to get the curate. Oh, it's so sweet. Nice. It's a very my audience is very very sweet, and they they were very very nice, and they all have videos, my cameos. I've done I've done over eight hundred cameos. All for so Scarsdale. No, <laughs> <laughs> they all showed up. <laughs> so no, all over the world. Every time I do a show, someone comes over and like they have the cameo to show me right away. Remember, you did this with my other eight hundred of them, um, but. You know what I'm talking about when you feel it's when you're in the show and you got them spinning and you know. Yeah, you can control their every movement. You know yeah. how this joke is going to hit. Yeah. You know what waves of laughter are going to come. Yeah. And there's you're totally in the zone. You're not thinking like ahead to the next joke or anything like that. You're just with them. Yeah, and you could just like it also brought the audience together because you can tell there's the people like there was like a few still wearing the masks. And some of them were wearing the masks because they literally they were a little bit older and scared. And some of them just like, I am still doing the mask just to show you that I'm still doing the mask. And it kind of like gelled everything together with, with, with comedy. It was just, it was really, really good. And I think, it, yeah. no, I, I think that's really where the art of it comes in. It's not like you can get up. A lot of people can get up and like tell a joke, make people laugh. But I think that like when you can make that happen in a room, like that's really where the art of stand up comes in. Yeah, it was was something to watch. How were you guys recently saw each other in Boston? Yes. How were your shows oh, yes. in Boston? Yeah, we were headlining different rooms. Everyone was in Boston Everyone that weekend. Everyone was in Boston that weekend. Everybody was in Boston that weekend. <laughs> How were you? I was at the City Winery. You were at... Nick's Comedy Stop. 
Matteo Lane was at Laugh Boston. Laugh Boston and Matt, uh, uh, Tim, Tim Dillon. Dillon. Tim Dillon was doing the theater. There. The, the Wilbur Theater. theater. Yeah. Everybody was in, and um, and it was fun. And uh, how was your show? My shows were good. Uh, we sold out Saturday night, which I was surprised about because I was talking to the locals. I was like, "Does this place normally sell out?" They're like, "No, it's been pretty quiet." For like months, wow. so I'm gonna take full credit for that. That's amazing. <laughs> you, you should. But they were great. It was like a really awesome show. They were they were just a really great crowd. Um, fun, fun people. You know, wanting to take pictures after the show That's and so all nice. that. So nice. No, when you do comics, I, I I told Leo, you know, you you can get to a town, and you get, and there's a game on. Some the 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 hucks are playing the bucks and the giants are with the the fins and the old whatever who's doing whatever and you're alone at the comedy club. It's you and three waitresses because this game is on. It's very fickle a comedy club unless you're a huge name. Um, but you got lucky. It was a very. I mean, you you are a huge name. Thank you. So yes, you are. They all thought it was Elon Gold. So. <laughs> uh. I've had someone do that before. I was headlining these shows at this off-Broadway theater, and this couple came to me after the show, and were like, we loved your show. It was so good. You know, my husband always watches your videos. He loves your impersonations. Yes. And I was thinking, I don't do impersonations. <laughs> so I said, I said, who do you think I am? And we figured it out, and they, they thought I was Elon Gold. Even after seeing me for an hour, so they still funny. thought I was him. Right. No, people always come to me and Elon with like they switch your bits around switch, uh, th they'll say to me <laughs> the christmas bit the christmas tree thing you do is amazing <laughs> and he says they always you know look as long as they're not coming over and say jeff ross you nothing <laughs> no did i look like jeff ross nothing okay i thought even better that like you get booked for a job and then you show up and they're like oh wait i thought it would be <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that would be that, great that. if i could get his rates also <laughs> yes um, but Boston was good, and then you did your show, and then Matteo Lane was like, "Come to my show," and then you just show hopped, and then you. Did. I I went to Matteo Lane's show, and, and you just did hopped on fifteen minutes so on that fun. audience, and they were amazing. It was such a great uh, show hopping. Yeah, it was really like in Boston. Yeah, in Boston. and you came by and stopped. You stopped by Modi's show. Everyone was kind of just like it was really yeah. fun. I love that. Yeah, Boston cute. is an amazing comedy town. It's like many huge comedians. But came you didn't. From there. You sure. went to BU. I went to be So you have a connection to Boston, but did you, I mean, what was your, did you go to comedy clubs there? Never. You didn't I go never, out or do anything? I never you were went to a comedy club until the first time I went on stage. On that's so club. crazy. That's, uh, you know that's insane, right? I never even imagined or thought about going to a comedy club. Did you not go to a comedy club when you were at BU because you were too religious? No, I just, it's just like, well, I go to a comedy club. <laughs> when am I going to go to comedy It never was in my, in my, comedy to me. At that point, was just on HBO. There was comedy specials, and back then it was a special. It was Bill. They don't make Cosby. them like they used to. Did you Bill like Cosby. stand up though? It was Bill. Him, Cos you're, you're going to lead with. Bill it was Henny yeah. Young man. <laughs> you, when you when HBO, Milton Berle. No, 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 no. I'm talking about later. Jackie I know, Mason. I know, I know. Oh, come on. <laughs> So I never even imagined. I just thought that that's where you saw comedy. I didn't. Know but you did go to you watch clubs. it? Did you like it? Like growing up, did you watch? Only on HBO, whoever they had on HBO, which was an amazing, which were amazing specials. I mean, you grew up in New York City. Yeah. So you were exposed to comedy, I think, probably. As opposed to there. Modi, who grew yeah. up on Long Island. I mean, it, no, it's, it's different. different. You, it's a little different, I think. I didn't. You're not a good example. My toes into the comedy world until, much, until I moved to New York. So it's just curious 
Yeah, I used to sneak into the cellar when I was 17 to watch shows because it was like 18 and up. Wow. And, you know, they, they used to always have on the website like free reserva- free tickets if you just were reserved ahead of time. So me and my friends. Back like, in the day, yeah. Yeah. So me and my friends would always we would do it a lot. We would go. They were already 18. I was still 17. So the first time we went, we get down to the room. They didn't check my ID. So I was like, yes, we're in. <laughs> but then we're such like idiots that we started like playing cards like on the table waiting for the show to start. So then like the bouncer came <laughs> over and he was like, how old are you guys? Oh, no. Because we were so out of our element of like what you sh- should do in a show. They're like playing Uno in the yeah. corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were playing like spades or something. So anyway, then they, they checked my ID and kicked us out. But then we came back again, and uh, they didn't check. We so, but, but when you were 17 and you went to the comedy cellar, were you like, oh, that's what I want to do? Yeah, I already knew I loved stand-up comedy. And, wow. and then seeing people, you know, well, I think you were probably there, and, uh, you know, yeah. Keith Robinson and Greg Giraldo and Colin Quinn, Daryl Hammond, all these people we saw on TV were there right in front of us. I was like, this mm-hmm. is the place. Mm-hmm. And even before I started going there to see shows, I remember one time when I was 16, me and my friends went to the Olive Tree in an afternoon just to hang out. And Dave Chappelle was like sitting by the bar with his baby, like in a little baby holder on top of the bar, just hanging out, chatting. And like, I was like, this is Dave Chappelle. He's like, just right there. It, so, it was so cool. Yeah. I, I, I never, it was never in my house, in, in my wheelhouse. Was that the word? Yeah, yeah. Got, um, to, to go see comedy. I just, whatever HBO put on, that was comedy. I never, never imagined it was a. What about I, like I would have gone to a cantorial concert over a comedy <laughs> show. Obvi. I, I'm not kidding. I really would have. I know. I really would have. And um, you found comedy more through writing, right? Well, I used to take the subway in from Queens to go to Boston Comedy Club. Oh, wow. Um, wow. <laughs> I've heard stories. I've, I've obviously never went. Um, and before my time. Uh, yeah, it was before your time. <laughs> yeah, it was way before your time. I, um, and I was obsessed with with Andrew Dice Clay. That was really Little how, Miss Muppet. Yeah. That's what your thing was? That was, oh, ha- wow. and Howard Stern. That was really, when I was like, I don't know, probably 15, when those guys came on my radar, it like kind of changed my life because suddenly there was like something that I was like, you can do this. This is like a real thing. Because you're a writer, yeah. And it blew me away. And I used to I used to listen to Andrew Dice Clay's cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a cassette tape is, Leo? I've heard of I've seen them in <laughs> books. <laughs> I've seen them on T-shirts. They have like little icons. It's kind of nice. No, I, 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 I we, we mentioned it when Shiba Mason was on. I had I had Jackie Mason's cassette tape on loop, yeah. just nonstop. It was in the car playing over That's and over and over. That's what I had with Dice. Really? Mm-hmm. So that was your. Uh, but the writing head is a different. You know, I'm working on this c- c- commercial with. Um, this guy named Sam Ash, and he's a comedic writer, and his mind just thinks in one-liners. Mm. It's something it's I almost like a tick. It's a tick. <laughs> Very, it's like Tourette's, <laughs> but of one-liners. Are they funny? Some of them. Every eight, every eight, there's one decent one decent. that lands. But he knows it's not that they're all no, not his, right, right, his right, sure. email to you made me laugh out loud. Just the way he wrote an email, I was like, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> the way he writes his emails and text messages are just—he writes like a like he's writing to to present to Fallon. Here's, right, right, right. I, wait, me, if I can, that's funny. Okay, let's do something about. I and he's writing like a full half Torah about anything, and it just—it's just so. Um, it's a different type of comedy mind. Are you a writer, writer? Do you sit and write your jokes or do you need to be on stage to... I like to work it out on stage. What I'll do is I'll think of a funny turn of phrase or something like that and I'll understand like what the beats should be but then on stage is where I sort of figure it out and certain lines will come to me in the moment and then afterwards 
I'll write that down. Right. But if I'm writing for somebody else, like if someone's like, hey, we're doing this like, you know, roast for Comedy Central or whatever, so like, can you send me a list of jokes? When I have that homework, then I can sit down and write like 30 jokes in an hour. Like, you could. Yeah, I need the homework. Otherwise, for my own set, I feel like it has to happen kind of on stage. What do you do? Modi writes in the car. That's what he writes. I write in the You're car? in the car, yes. Anytime you're in the car, we're going somewhere, you're like, I just look over and you're rehearsing something like silently. I'm, I'm like, mumble, what are you I'm writing? Are you ri- do you write out? No, he doesn't ever write it out. No, no, but then he- I text it to myself. Yeah. I text it to myself. And then he has a Google Doc of just like one word kind of like triggers to each bit. Like Right, that's how you remember stuff, right? Like one that's how like yeah. Sephardic yeah. versus Ashkenazi. Like yeah. but it's just like bullet points. It's not Yeah, yeah, it's always like one keyword. So you know, but if anyone yeah. else found that, they'd be like, This is a deranged person. Yeah, it's yeah. a yeah. weird it, shopping list. In code, yes, exactly. Um, do you do you Israel, sit down and Israel, write? I don't know. This is some okay, I'm reading to you I'm reading to you my texts to myself. Go. Okay. Israel is the made in China of nuclear bombs. What does that mean? I'm I'm watching the war and I'm thinking to myself like why is why is Israel the one negotiating with Putin? The, the Israeli prime minister is the only one going to visit Putin and I'm like why? Because Israel's the OG of nuclear bombs. You need to be you need Jews have to be in the formula. Why does Iran have no nuclear bombs? They're no Jews. Yet. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so all of that in my head translates to Israel is, is the made in China of nuclear bombs. And how stoned I, were you when you wrote that? I wasn't stoned. It was, um, <laughs> I love. Uh, you know what's sick? Is that he, this is what he's doing while he's watching the war. I love that for you. He's writing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, um, he's bits. Yeah. This will be funny. <laughs> he's like, oh, good. Well, you were talking about how you, no, the here, videos of Zelensky, whether was, he was doing bits oh. or not. That's that it's b- what, I, what, what I did it? not think that was going to work at all, and it, it's been killing. What is it? Uh, it's Zelensky. a very of the moment Zelensky. thing. Zelensky. My First bo- of all, I said it's amazing that this prime minister, you can spell you can spell his name any way you want. You'll never be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you, everybody spells Zelensky with I's, E's, N's, U's, whatever Two you want. Two Y's, one Y. Yeah, no problem. Zelensky, okay. I said... Um, He's a commit. First of all, every time you sh- you see him on Instagram, whatever, he's yapping in Russian, but in um, but there's never translation. There's almost never translation. It's very so. In my mind, I'm thinking this guy. Is, this guy, his DNA is a comedian. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure when he's giving over the news to the people, there's got to be some like you know, you know. You think he's like doing bits. Yeah. <laughs> Two Russians walk into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> One says to the other, Kharkov. No, Kiev. Ah, oh, must be Minsk. <laughs> I, I don't. I didn't think it was funny at all. But like, did you make that up? Yeah, because <laughs> the Russians have no idea where the hell they are. <laughs> They're just driving into this country. They have no idea what city they are. Oh and it my. killed in Florida. And it killed last night. And it like I did not that. So that's like something I wrote to to, to myself. What else I write here? Um, I don't know this. Um, Zelensky spell any way you want. Uh, Breaking glass. Oh, this is actually Leo's joke that he gave me. So all the biggest anti-Semites. Oh, oh. there was a list that was released of the biggest anti-Semites of 2021, and it was Marjorie (laughs) Taylor Greene, Dua Lipa, and 
Omar, what's her name? Ilhan Omar. Yeah, Ilhan Omar. Whatever. They were the top three. So the, the list was about how the top three this year was all women for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like breaking the glass ceiling of anti-Semitism. <laughs> so breaking the glass that's ceiling. That's good. Just, uh, we, right, so that's Leo's yeah. joke. Um, it was, I mean, progress. Yeah. Yes, all women. <laughs> yeah. Land of milk and honey roll. Wow. Like a honey roll. I don't know. Sushi when it's crossed. Oh, like the sushi? Okay, we have, the to discuss we have to discuss the sushi situation. It's a, it's a, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a situation, <laughs> and it's getting out of hand. And we have to bring her up to date because she she doesn't know. She doesn't. She does not travel in our circles. So I mean, sushi at Jewish events. It's, it's insane. It's not normal. It's and it can't be that good. It's, it's no, 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 okay. no, 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 don't, 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 don't. It's oh, don't. Sushi should be served cold. <laughs> By the time you get to the sushi, it's like. You're, you're, you're probably eating warm. kosher sushi too. On t- it add insult to injury. Just let me tell you. I will tell you the larger than life, they had good sushi. Yes. But usually it's just like this vegetable roll and then they put this like mayonnaise sauce oh. on top and then you smell it like before you get, it's bad. Last night, the entire synagogue smelled like sushi. But like the grocery store sushi. Uh, grocery store sushi. <laughs> like, <laughs> like but just so, so every time you go to these Orthodox Jewish events, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just sushi. It's like you'd think it's a Jewish event. There's a nice kichel, uh, uh, a kugel, uh, a tzimis. Well, look, look how Hamish some, this some is. is uh, but um, you walk in, as you walk in, sushi at a rate with, with the two Mexicans behind with the hat, like they're, like they're from China, from, from Japan. Oh and, then, and then, um, and, the, and it looks, a ho- and there's so much of it. And it's beautiful. But like, when did sushi become... A part of the regular Jewish events, and it comes from the Chinese restaurant. So the kosher Chinese restaurant now also serves sushi. Yeah, yeah. It's just anything Asian is all coming from one place. Okay, let me tell you something. Okay, you are never ever supposed to order, even eat anything at any Asian restaurant that serves a different kind of Asian food than the kind of Asian restaurant it is. Okay, so let me That's tell like you something. That's like rule number one. Let me tell you something. <laughs> so, so just just let me tell you how far sushi is in the Jewish world. Uh, my rabbi Gav Gavolino. So he was telling his daughter, "We're gonna go for for pizza and this and this and that." And she, and she, she he goes, do you, "Do you want pizza?" But she goes, "No, just get some sushi there, because every kosher restaurant already has. They already have a place to set up for sushi." And it's but just how did it become so ingrained in the culture? I don't know. It, I feel like it's, it's happened. It's It's a level of class. It's a classy you kind of. You find me like, one kosher an, pizza restaurant no, no, no. that has decent sushi. No, like stop this it, is a nice it. event. No, 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 We're no, doing no, no. sushi. Some listen. Don't don't. Poo poo. Some caterings, some cater, some caterings, some caterers make sushi. I mean, another level of gorgeous and amazing, and yeah, it's really from good. Nobu. Yeah, yeah, literally. But like, uh, so, do, but some of them are just just mm, just, just no to food. have. But let me tell you how Jewish Leo has begun become. We told this story in the last podcast. Are you talking about the plates, with the, with the sweater and the plates. Yeah, we we I don't, covered that. I oh, never with, heard with, that with story. With Joey, weren't yeah. you here with oh. Joey? I don't think we told that. No, story. No, we did for sure. Oh, we did. I watched it no. twice. <laughs> <laughs> Periel was just like zoning out for the whole <laughs> <laughs> the whole mind. podcast. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Listen to the last part of the last episode with Joey Bukarski. Okay. That was it. Um, what else is? Uh, so how's your Jew? How what's what's up? You working? What's going on? Yeah, what what do you have coming up? What's yeah, well, going so on? so last weekend I was at Helium in Philadelphia for the first time. I was opening up for this comedian J.R. de Guzman, who's hilarious. He's from Sacramento, and he's getting like a big following. So all these people come out. He's always selling out his shows, and his fans are like, they're like your fans. They're great. They love what he does, but they also support like the other comedians who are on the show as well. Right. 
And these shows were fantastic. It was like you were talking about with that Purim show, but it was like all five shows of the weekend were just great. So I'm going to be in Nashville with him next weekend. Amazing. At Zany's. So, yes, I'm hoping that I can, you know, kind of like work with him a lot more because these shows have been great. That's so great. Yeah. It's a fun hang. You guys have a good fun hang. He's a really cool dude. He plays guitar on stage. Oh, really? Oh, I know. Yeah, I know him. I follow him on Instagram. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. I have to take a look. Yeah. yeah. He's guitar. Funny. He's a guitar act. He's he a guitar a... act, but it's with like funny jokes all throughout. And he'll say, like, oh, I'm about to do this song about whatever. But before he plays it, he's just diddling on the guitar and doing jokes. Yeah, joke, but it's joke. like charming. And the crowd's waiting, like, where's the yeah. song? Where's the song? But he'll do that for like 10 minutes, and the anticipation's building. Nick Thume used to do that, right? Nick, am I saying his name? Yeah, right? you're saying his name, right? Yeah, Nick Thume did this, the same exact thing. Yeah. There's somebody, what's his name, your guy? J.R. de Guzman. I know there's somebody else who does that too. It's an interesting. No, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. I kind of like it. It's very nice. Is it? It's is very, that, I mean, I like it. It's very. It's good. I, whatever gets you laughs. Whatever, as long as you're not doing magic. It, it, <laughs> it, I don't we care. don't like magicians. Yeah, I, you're, you're anti, and also anti impersonations. Right? No impersonations. The gazunta hate. I don't go do your thing. But <laughs> no, he just doesn't ask to hear anyone's. Impersonations. I don't want to hear it. Uh, yeah, uh, you don't. But okay, right. Elon, do you do any impersonations? Please don't do any. You don't have to no, do I them don't. right I, now. I, no, but do you nothing. have any? Nothing. No. You, you don't imitate any... Even if I imitate my parents in a joke, I just okay, give them some fake accent to make them right, sound more Jewish. That's, that's not an impression. That's a, that's a character. Mm-hmm. Big I liked your old Jewish woman voice you did on Instagram oh, the other day. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I never be, heard that before. There might be something there. What's, the old ins- what's, what's your old woman, ju- your it's old my, Jewish woman? It's basically woman. my grandmother. Okay. And let me... And okay, I don't, I don't want to make you do it. but No, no you can go on Instagram and see it. But listen, you... Well, you asked a question. I want to answer it. What which you asked, you said, "Do I write my stuff?" I think the biggest hurdle for me with doing stand-up was because I I write was that I t- I like to tell stories. Mm-hmm. Is to you have to do it so much faster. That's like you don't have the luxury. I mean, maybe you have the luxury. Maybe you, you mean have, you're trimming a lot of words out yeah. to make it. Work I mean, on maybe stage. like sure. Louis C.K. has the luxury. Like you don't have the luxury to get up there and like tell these stories that are just you take them with you. It's got to be a lot faster stand up. I've had jokes where it starts out as like a three minute long thing, and then once it's finally finished, it's like a minute ten. Yeah. So you cut so much fat out of it. Yeah, but there there are comedians who tell a long story before they get to that punchline. Yes, they build but it you, all have to up earn, you have to earn up. that. Yeah. yeah. Like Len- Lenny Marcus is somebody who I'm very close to and who will come and watch me and like give me feedback and he's brutal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. But in a, in a good way, right? I mean, out of love. But that's really, it's not easy to um, be so, What the, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, Indus- not industrious. But efficient. Uh, efficient, maybe. Concise. Concise. Yeah, those are good words. It's not what I was trying to no, think c- of. Comedy, there's the beginning and an end in between those taglines, and you just want to yeah. take out as much garbage in between the tags, and that's it. That's that, That's the whole trick. But some but people can tell a whole... But it's different when you're writing 200 pages. Than Who was I watching? Kurt Metzger mm-hmm. has this bit about Hitler and how the jaywalking, it's a jaywalking bit about it, and it it's a lot of talking before he starts to get the punchlines. Mm-hmm. And then he gets the punchlines. And then he's continuing with the story where you think he's leaving it, but he's going back to it. Right. It's, it's a type. You obviously need to have time I like on that stage. tug of war. You yeah. like it or you don't like I it? Can, I, I mean, it depends on who's doing it, but I like it. I, I like it, too. Like, it. like um, Sarah Silverman does that really well. Like, she'll... 
Yeah, there's a real. It's it's it's, it's, it's amazing. Type of comedy. I it need I need laughs. I need laughs in between. But no, but you need laughs in between this too. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't just go up there and tell a story. That's not stand up. That's going up there and telling a funny story. That is stand up. Spoken word poetry. Right. No. It's just got to have punchlines in it. The yeah. crowd thinks of it as one cohesive story with a lot of jokes. Right, in Right, but every few seconds you want to have people so laughing. Stand up is all over the. Listen, the shows I did in Florida. For the people who are of um, a higher age, senior citizens, senior citizens, th- I was doing great. I, I would do a half hour of comedy, my my material, mm-hmm. and then and they were laughing and having a good time, and and then I do the joke jokes, and they like are a priest and a rabbi, two pr- a priest and a rabbi, those types of jokes, and they I can't tell Lose you it. to watch an eighty five year old woman. Curl up laughing. Go into cardiac arrest. Literally. You saw the audience. <laughs> Literally the back that. the back row, like the where, where you exit the theater was just like walkers and canes and like medical wheelchairs. But these people for but those they had the time. That's chairs? the jokes they want. Well, that's the jokes chairs. they want. If they and you have to do, you have to know how to deliver those. You can't just go up and say to a priest and rabbi walk into uh, nah, nah, nah. you have to be able to sell it. And they To me, I think it's impressive. I think those older audiences that I've seen you do in these theaters, especially in Florida, to me, in some ways, it's more impressive because when I think of those people, I'm like, those people have seen some shit. Like, they've yeah. seen people come around and go around and they've been on cruises or the Catskills or like they've seen performers. Yeah. And so I always feel like, you know, when you get them, it's must be satisfying. But at the end of the I day, but at the, so at the end of the day, what do they want? A joke joke. Yeah, yeah, because the they, they don't day. have. They're not That's fucking around. They don't have to- like if you if it's not funny, they're not going they want, to laugh. They don't want to hear your soliloquy yeah, to, yeah. to get to yeah, one punchline. Yeah, yeah. That's what they know. Stand up is to them. It's, it has to be a joke like that. Like certain cultures also like they don't understand what we're doing today, which is funny to us and to our audiences. Like I, I was just in Greece. I did one show in Athens, and it was in English. And the comics who were there were saying like, when we do shows in Greek, stand up does not work. Because they want to only see like a guy getting hit with a pie in the face. Oh, really? oh, they wow. haven't been trained to like what mod- what talking funny is. Matteo Lane mentioned that because he was doing a show in Rome oh, and right. he was saying that the stand up community in Italy is very like I don't know how you say nascent. Like it's it hasn't come up yet. And people are still figuring out, I think, in Italian That's how so to do stand up because he was saying the same thing you said, that it doesn't exactly translate oh. in and I, well, I, like I was I was talking about that when Godfrey was on because when he and I in the '90s were doing shows in Holland, they were like in a, they, they they were like America in the '70s of stand up. The comedy clubs were just beginning, and stand up people going up and actually just telling jokes. It was ju- it's it's a cultural thing in Israel. It's politics in Israel. Everybody n- knows every single politician, parliament member. Mm-hmm. And so you can just go up and say, Lieberman, da 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 and imitate him a little bit, and they're all with you. There's a lot of sketches on TV in Israel, like like SNL style, that yeah. everybody's dressed as like different politicians. I can't, I have no idea what's going on, because you don't know who any of those people are. Larry Charles? Yeah. Yes, Larry Charles. The Seinfeld writer. Yes, 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 He made a documentary about going around the world and filming stand-up in like, you know, like, some war-torn countries or something and places Wait, in... Wait, that's interesting. I want to see it's that. It's so fascinating. I mean, it's exactly what you're talking about, which is in different countries, like, it's just completely different of, like, the kind of humor people are accustomed to. Right. 
I'll yeah, that's why. Like, so I I first started seeing stand up when I was I would go to the Catskills because my dad was in a lodge. So every year they'd have one weekend at one of the Catskill hotels, mm-hmm. and so I'd go to the sh- he'd let me go to the show, and it would be like a singer and a comedian, and they'd all be these old timey comedians, right? You know, who also might sing a song as well. And then one time Modi was the comedian. No, <laughs> this is in the mid nineties. Oh my god, that's amazing! You know, Did so you you're know like, this? <gasps> yeah. I had no idea. You never told me this. I told you this. Uh, you did? Yeah, yeah. So this is like 1995, maybe 97, something somewhere in that kind of That's range. That's right when I began doing over there, yeah. Yeah, so you're like a young guy, and it was so cool to see someone who was like, uh, that I could actually relate to up there, not right. just some 75-year-old man in a tuxedo. And I remember you were doing some, you know, English, you throw in a little bit of Yiddish for a punchline, so the older people in the crowd were like really into that kind of stuff. And then afterwards, me and my dad talked to you in the lobby, and my dad was like, my son wants to, you know, do comedy. We chatted with you for a while. Wow. So you were kind of like that first. 1995? Yeah. Wow. I was one year old. <laughs> I was like 12 years old or something. And, and it was. Uh, That's amazing. That's so sweet. So before I could even go to a comedy club, it was finally seeing like someone who uh, could do like a, a modern kind of set who I, was young. I, I will tell you. So, so I, I, I think I spoke about this before on the podcast, but when we came to America, my mom was figuring out what's our thing. And so someone said, let's come to the Catskills and see what was going on. This was in the 70s. So it was still like it was a vibe up there. And we went to Kutcher's. Mm-hmm. And we stayed, and the Friday night show was was Buddy Hackett. I remember it. Wow. But my, my, my mom was so grossed out by the food and everything. We left Saturday, right, right? Yeah, my mom's like, we're not staying here another night. This is so gross. <laughs> and we got, so I don't know, but I remember seeing Buddy Hackett, filthy as all hell. Wow. But I was like blown away. I was not exposed to comedy before I met you. In any way, shape, or form, like really? I wasn't allowed to watch anything. I was going to say you weren't allowed to I do was, anything. There was the really? TV was locked. There was a password on everything. So what, like, was the no. fu- what was the funniest thing you saw as a kid? Veggie Tales. Are you kidding? <laughs> I I could tell you the whole Veggie Tales like and thought like discography. But what the hell's a Veggie Tale? It's like the Christian cartoon, and they I do the, the tomato and there's a cucumber. <laughs> You've never heard of Veggie Tales? No. A, a have pa- you heard of Veggie? Have you heard I've of Veggie Tales? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's they tell biblical stories, but they use these t- <laughs> yeah. these little these little vegetables, and one of them's a cucumber, and one of them's a, a tomato, and they like do the Bible. No, like okay. First of all, don't look at me like you've never heard of Veggie Tales. Like I'm yeah. the weird I feel one. like Veggie Tales is universal. No, it's uh, not. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna post it on your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Nebuch anybody who heard of Veggie Tales. Nebuch. Oh my God! All right, I'm gonna. Oh, we'll see. We'll see if anyone television. responds. No, I wasn't allowed to watch anything. I was raised very sheltered, I guess. I, I didn't. Know. And then all of a sudden, I jumped into the world of comedy yep. with I'll- Modi and and the Comedy Cellar and. Et cetera, et cetera. So crazy. That is so crazy. Yeah. Were I you went like from zero shocked? When you went from zero to a hundred, you did. Yeah. I just. Were you shocked? I don't know if shocked was the word. I was obviously intrigued. Right, obviously, <laughs> you're obvious, but, but your world must have been just like. So I so just to keep in mind for me now 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 I'm thinking this through. So my first probably my first comedian ever seeing live was Buddy Hackett in the Catskills, and then anything HBO had on, which was Eddie Murphy, uh, Bill Cosby. Whoever they had specials, they were amazing. Yeah, yeah, amazing yeah. Richard, back in those. Richard Pryor. Oh I God, loved. amazing! That was it. Then, 1993 or four, Donnie Moss tells me you're very funny. You should do it on stage. I get to the comedy club. It was stand up New York, and it was a 
dump back then. It was a, a Which will be on March 31st. I'll be on there tonight doing the perm show. Plug, plug, plug. So, but, but. I remember I'm in a suit because I'm coming from the bank. I was Did you know you were funny? And then all I, th- I see these three guys or four guys before me bombing, <laughs> bombing. <laughs> I go, what are they doing up there? <laughs> and, and they're like, it's they're so doing their. Se- I go, what? They stink. <laughs> <laughs> they stink. What is, why would they even think they can do comedy? <laughs> I get up there. I d- I killed. And this I, is your first open my mic. First your first open mic. So chutzpah. Donnie, Donnie set up everything. He bought. You had to bring three Because Donnie people. also did stand up for a minute, right? Way after. Way after. Because he's funny. He's funny. Um, but he said to me, "You're so funny. You should do it on, on stage." I said, "What do you mean you could do it on stage? It's just a comedy club." And he set it all up. So I, there I am at a comedy club in a suit because I came from Merrill Lynch. M- Merrill Lynch, and I'm watching three guys. Eat it! <laughs> I'm like, where's what are they and you're doing? Like, I could do this. No, I I had no I had no doubt I can do this. That's I didn't, where I didn't your care success about this. comes from. And I went up there and I did the secretaries and whatever uh, impression. Uh, um, what, what what did you? Very do? problematic things which you I would had, get canceled for today. Oh, today I watched <laughs> one of my sets from way 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 back. Oh, that's fun. I would have been oh my god, yeah. I would have been so canceled. Yeah, it was the Latino. Latina secretary who began everything with Mira and ended it with Conio. <laughs> and then there was the, the gay secretary. I mean, it was hello. It was hello. <laughs> and then there was um, the Italian waiter at Pasta Pipi Pasta Cachi on the Upper West Side. The anti-Semite salad. <laughs> I had all these ridiculous over-the-top characters. And that was the whole set. But it was laughs. I was getting laughs. The other guys went up there. But it was very dot- physical. Would you say it was very physical, uh, like physical comedy? It was loud. It was very loud. But did, was... You, did you know you were funny though? All growing mm, up, never. and when you worked at Merrill Lynch and all of that, like you were, you must have always been funny. Like water cooler funny. Were you funny in school? I was. Um, nah, school. I had to be. Uh, I just had to kiss ass because I was so stupid. Um, <laughs> you were just trying to get through it. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get through it. God <laughs> damn it! Um, but. I knew I could get a laugh here and there, but like I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was like a thing. You'd, I remember at BU. So at BU, I was in. Um, I'm gonna have Elon Gold on the show, but I remember at BU, I was like super re- religiousy, and Elon was doing stand up, and he was at the Hillel House, and I was at Chabad, and 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 we introduced each other, and and, and I'm telling Joe, I'm a comedian. I go, I was like, what do you mean? Hmm. I'm gonna go to. There was this club that Pete Beckus used to do a show in. Mm-hmm. In the back, and they would do a comedy, and Elon was always dressed like a comic with his little pen and paper and little bits and bits and my bits and my bits and and um, <laughs> and I was looking, I was like, what was he going to go up? The, I go, I go <laughs> what if they don't laugh at you? He goes, I just, can, I just keep going on. I, I remember that meeting. <laughs> I remember the meeting with, with, with Elon. That was like the first time I met Elon. He was telling me he was a stand-up comic, and I was like, what does that mean? That is so and, um, funny. Yeah. That and was he was like, it's like VeggieTales, <laughs> but you're on stage. I'm going to hold by VeggieTales. Listen, I can do a deep dive on VeggieTales. If you want, those of you, and the once in a while I still get video of people. A hundred years ago, this guy made this video called Agent Emmis. Emmis means truth. Wait, have Agent, I seen this? No. Oh. And he did these four different series of it was four different videotapes. They're still on sale in the Oh, wait, you story. told me about this. Um, and I played um, Rocky Rabinowitz. Oh, my God. Is that a porn name? No. It was, um, 
it was uh, it was Agent Emmis, and, and he was this kid who fought evil. He fought Doctor Lotov. Oh my God! Uh, no good. Dr. This is no what VeggieTales is. This what? is you were in a version of VeggieTales. It's and the same I was, thing. I was singing, and it was a Hanukkah special, and it was a whole tape, and these tapes, were, and the guy, it never went anywhere because what happened was, one community would buy one CD, and they just shared it between the families. So he never saw. It was horrible. It was like Netflix. It was, like <laughs> which they're gonna start charging if you share your password now. Did you read that? Yeah, but they're gonna. I'm like, paying for that's my, anarchy. So that's, that's that's more disruptive than Ukraine and Russia. That <laughs> is though that that is swift sanctions. That is gonna be wreak havoc on households. Really, uh, I my I pay for everything. So I, it's anybody's problem who's on my account. But I pay for no. You're gonna get charged if someone's using your password oh. in a place that's not the re- address registered to your. Sons account. of bitches. Sons of bitches. <laughs> Sons of bitches. Um, they're getting really greedy on Netflix. I don't know. They are, Too yeah. big for their britches. Well, um, no, but they're putting out some good stuff. Uh, anyway, are we... Everyone do your plugs. Well, wait. First, you have a question oh, for Elon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow, how come I never remember to it's ask? okay. That's what we're here for. Yeah. You're I always ask, who's your rabbi? Like, not your rabbi in the synagogue, your guru. Who's, who's your mentor? I, he's gonna say his wife because I know she's gonna listen. He's gonna. Oh, say I wasn't even wife. thinking of a woman, so that's kind of funny. That <laughs> when you say rabbi, I'm thinking it has to be a guy, like a guru, a rabbi, uh, um, um, somebody you go to a mentor or something that you. I'd probably say my parents. Okay, cute. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, I still live nearby them, so they're always, they're a big influence. Really? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, on the Lower East Side. That's where we're from. Third generation born on the Lower East Side. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's I, I hate you. Um, <laughs> and I really, I really hate that whole... It's, Why are you saying I, I hate I you? I moved, so I moved into the Lower East Side in 2004. I bought my first apartment there at full price. And then you walk around there and you see little Elons whose grandmother's grandmother gave them an apartment. The family has 16 <laughs> apartments all over Grand Street. They all... They just always, <laughs> am I right? You're one You're of right, those be, families. Right. Well, because while we're doing construction in our apartment, I'm staying in my uncle's apartment in the same building, yeah, which he wasn't no, using. Which they all bought for $17. <laughs> right, right, They right. all bought these apartments. Right. But we, were in the, we, we were in the needle and thread union, <laughs> and we were able to buy the apartment for $6. I'm coming Yeah, they in, were for uh, union workers. You, yeah, and so I'm, you know, for, so union workers, yeah. So, and I bought two apartments, but look, there's always these Elans that are just, my family has 17 apartments here and all right, they, all right. for $12. Yeah, but so this I, neighborhood wouldn't be what it is without people yeah. like my family. Right. Like, I was, well, you know my grandfather yeah. had a tuxedo store on Clinton Street. Oh. My other oh. my other side of the family had a pickle stand. Oh, yeah, I that's love legit. That. What was that's it called? Legit. What uh, were those companies? Greenfield Pickles. Wow. On uh, Clinton and Rivington. And then, really, Caddy Corner from that was my grandfather's tuxedo store. What was it called? I don't know, Altman Tuxedos. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. But, that's uh, cool. My dad was just telling me the story. So, um, for JFK's funeral, Bob Hope called up my grandfather because he needed a certain kind of coat that you have to wear for a formal funeral. Oh, really? Um, it's called a mourning coat. It's like a long-tailed, like, tuxedo kind of coat. Yeah. And, you know, JFK died on a Friday. The funeral was a Monday, and their shop was one of the only ones that was open at strange hours. So Bob Hope got outfitted for JFK's funeral from my grandfather's shop and also the Secretary General of the U.N. Wow. And I actually wow. found a picture of the guy wearing it, greeting Jackie O. That's cool. Yeah. And of course, uh, and luckily, they didn't have to worry about shotness. What's that? Oh my god! 
It's when you mix wool and linen together. Oh my not, God. And, and the fact that Leo is translating it. <laughs> veggie tales, veggie tales. Do you know what shotness is? Yeah. Uh, watch us Did blow, I explain watch it? Watch us blow her brain out. It's, it, someone takes the the thing and looks at it and gives it a hexer and says, no. this isn't uh, mixed. The, the, collar, the collar of a suit. Do you ever see like when you pick up guys, the collar? Yeah, yeah sure. A blazer. There's like, there's like that fabric that yeah, holds yeah, the collar yeah. together. You can't mix linen and wool together. So what do you mean? For what do you mean you can't? For kosher you, reasons? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. So they please stop. No, <laughs> stop. No, no. There's so there's places in Williamsburg you'll see shotness. What? It, that's what it's called. Shotness. Shotness is shotness is when it's mixed together. So they want to make sure that there's no shotness. You can't mix wool and linen together. Why not? It's Be- because the parochial. It's in Leviticus, the, isn't the, it? Wow, I can't do it. Well, because it's nonsense. That's it's why not, it's not. made if you, up. If you connect to it spiritually, it's an amazing thing. I oh will be. God. I will be on the twenty fourth at the <laughs> Miami Improv. I think this will air right before then. This will be the day before. So yeah, those of you listening to this. Tomorrow night, I'm at the Miami. <laughs> I'm at the Miami Improv. Please, uh, well, hopefully it'll be sold out by then. Uh, and then the 31st, I'm gonna be at Stand Up New, York. New York special show. I'm bringing uh, Little Mo. We have Little Mo. Hey, you doing? Little, little Mo. I don't know. He's gonna be on the show. It's gonna be fun. Um, and and uh, what you else? have links for LA on June 9th. And um, there's a link for an event in Toronto. There's a, t- a whole bunch of links on the on the on bio and modilive.com and and Periel who is s- saving the world one Ukrainian at a time. Uh, right. What yeah. are you doing? I'm at Periel Ashenbrand on Instagram. You can find links to all my shows and no everything one can else. spell any of them. <laughs> yeah. no they one, can just it's find not me. Zelensky. It's not like a Zelensky. Ashton Brand. It's like there's so many things that can go wrong spelling that last name. Like I would I, if I had to spell it right. If someone put a gun to my head and said spell Ashton Brand Braun. Not none of them. Wait, can I try to spell it? Well, first Let try. Par- let's start with Periel. Oh. P e r i e l. Very yes. nice. That's it. Okay, now if I'm going to go for the sp- last The name. only way I could ever spell Periel right would be Peresh Yud Aleph Lamed. And Is you're it? looking at my earrings. And, 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 and I'm looking at your earrings. <laughs> um, Ashenbrand. A-S-C-H-E-N-B-R-A-N-D. Done. Perfect. I would never. I was the spelling bee champion. Were oh. you? Were yeah. you? No, oh I used it in a sentence. Sixth grade. <laughs> I, I feel a little Asian in you. I actually, so. No? I got, no? I can't say that? I, tie, I tied with a, a black girl in my class, actually. The Asians didn't even make it to the top. But we, wow. we, we were in, it was sixth grade, and we both were at the final two, and they were like, do you want to just call it a tie, or do you want to go for it? And I, I'm like, a, I'm not a big risk taker. So I was like, <laughs> I was like let's, sh- let's, share the, let's share the award. Where are your shows? Uh, so, or um, where can people find you? Yeah, so they can find me if you're in Nashville, uh, April 24th to 27th. I'm at Zany's Nashville with J.R. de Guzman. And if you're in Buffalo, New York, I'm headlining Rob's Comedy Playhouse May 12th and 13th, or 11th and 12th, I don't know. Um, And uh, you could find me online uh, on Twitter at Alon Altman or Instagram at Alonstagram. Oh, and also (laughs) I should plug my podcast, Billy Joel A to Z. Wait, we're if you guys discuss. love Billy Joel and want to hear a podcast about every single song he's ever written, go to Billy Joel A to Z. You know Billy? Oh, wow. I forgot about that. I forgot yes. about that. He, once hit, he once hit me with that, and I had to pretend <laughs> I was like, okay, that's that's fine. Good I do a song parody every single episode. We just did Only the Good Die Young, so the parody was called Order the Egg Foo Young. <laughs> 
give us a little bit? Give us a little. Come on. I got. I, I, I don't know that one. Off Only here. the <laughs> good die. Yeah. Oh, Come out, Virginia. Let's get Chinese. I know a good place. Han Dynasty. <laughs> you can order whatever you want. You have a lot of jokes about Han Dynasty. Yeah, my closer is about Han Dynasty, so that part of the lyric is a reference yeah. to my. Uh, That's a very yeah. funny joke I've heard so you do. Yeah. Thank you. Funny. That's fu- yeah, I very like that. Joke. Hysterical. He, we worked together at um in um governors. Governors, you killed. Amazing, amazing. You killed, and not only because you were funny, but like. It was an all-religious audience that came to see me, and we put Olga on. Olga Neymar. And yeah. <laughs> she was so dirty. But they loved it. They loved it. They're like, they're like, okay, we're in a comedy club. We're leaning into it. And then you had they, to buffer I, it out. She t- took her a second. Then they liked it. They didn't they, know what was happening at, at first. At first, they were not yeah. sure what was happening. She's the best. She's so funny. Oh, my so gosh. Funny. She's hilarious. Anyway. You, you're the best. Thank you for listening. Thank you for cameoing me, and thank you for being a part of my life. And uh, we'll see you all at the next, and hear you all at the next podcast. Thank you. Shine.